Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and uh, with me today is lead pastor here at Compass Point, Paul Eastwood. Wow, that was very dramatic. It was, yeah. I, I try to be dramatic on our podcast. How's it going? It's going well. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm glad to get into this and, and have this conversation today. Yeah, so we're in another week of our How to Share Your Faith series, um, and, and you took us through some really big, great ideas, and, and this is part one this week, something to talk about. We've got right. more stuff to talk about next week, but do you want to give us a little 30,000-foot uh, recap from Sunday? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, the, the, big, the big picture here is really about uh, helping to uh, develop some very practical things that are going to help people share their faith more, more mm-hmm. confidently and uh, more helpfully, you know, in the way that they share um, the good news about Jesus. Uh, we recognize that what we have when we talk about what Jesus has done and the message that we have, the announcement that we have to be able to make to people about this new kingdom, this is really good news. It yeah. makes an it makes a huge difference. So once we understand that, then the question becomes, out of compassion, when we see people around us who are hurting and suffering and struggling, when we have these conversations... How do we share the good news of Jesus well so that people hear it, mm. um, so that it becomes a helpful, uh, you know, sort of uh, addition to the conversation as we talk uh, to people about things that they're facing? Mm-hmm. So we talked about language, and and what I talked about was was you know, and, I, and this really comes from a long time ago uh, when I was in a leadership course uh, called Arrow. Uh, out there, we had someone come in and talk to us about evangelism, and he actually uh, provided those categories that. Yeah. Um, uh, that I shared the, the, the beginning of these six different categories that we see. And the reason I found this really helpful at the time, and I remember this kind of vague idea, and I, I tried to flush this out as we did this message this week, was that sometimes when we go to share faith with somebody, hmm. it's just a whole big garbled mess. Hmm. And there's no consistency. There's no sort of like grounding to it. And so we have this conversation. It goes something like this. You know, someone says, you know, how do I, be, how do I come to, to know who Jesus is? Or, you know, what does this mean? Or how do I have this, this thing that Christians talk about? And then we talk about like, well, you know, the blood of the lamb washes over you and it cleans you from the inside out and it makes you into a child of God and, and you're forgiven and, and, uh, and the sacrifice had to be made, but God loves you and, and he has mercy and he has grace. And, and so we say all these different things and they're words and cliches that mean something. They actually may be true, yeah. but when you join them together, it just becomes very confusing. Mm-hmm. And so what I tried to do is say, let's follow one of those right, right through and right. let's be really precise about it so that we can see how talking about Jesus as a sacrifice can be helpful in a conversation that we have with someone. And, and, and you know, ha- talking about how Jesus as this, um, you know, as being made guilty for us, how can we talk about that in a very specific way mm-hmm. so that we don't mix our metaphors and get really confusing? Right, and we've got the sacrificial language, we've got the legal language, we've got these, these yeah. categories we're working in, and that the Bible um, works in, and, and even, you know, the... Uh, the way that sometimes they're interwoven in the Bible, it does take a lot of work to to unpack them. But I think it is really helpful for us to look at them and to think what, uh, how how do we clarify these and and how do we move from one to the other and when might they be helpful? Yeah, and let um, me give you an example of this. I think sometimes yeah. we want to talk about Jesus as sacrifice mm-hmm. because in the church we talk about Jesus as our sacrifice all the time. Yeah, we talk about that in when it comes to you know communion and yep. all of these kinds of things. And all of that makes perfect sense. But what I found really interesting as I was looking this through is that perhaps, and maybe this is a bit of a, an out there statement, so you mm. know, I'm just going to say it, but maybe that's not the language we should be using when we talk to people about Jesus. 
Why do we talk to him about sacrifice? I, what I argued in the message on Sunday was that the sacrificial language helps us understand the faithfulness of God. Mm. It helps us connect what we see in the New Testament to the Old Testament, to the, the bigger story of God's people. But it's, it's, it's related to a very specific practice that the priest did in the Old Testament, all this kind of stuff. It's not very applicable to people in our context today. Yeah, and sacrifice in, in the first century Roman world would have been a very well-known and well-understood thing. Every, every person was religious in some way. Sacrifices right. were very common. So it's, it was very kind of accessible language then. It might not be the right. same kind of accessible today. And if you've been around the church, sure, it makes sense. But... yeah. My friends who haven't, you know, doesn't. Yeah, and often we use this language and we say something like, you know, Jesus was sacrificed on our behalf, you mm-hmm. know, as if, you know, we were supposed to be sacrificed, but Jesus was sacrificed instead. Yeah. But that's not actually very precise. Mm-hmm. It's It actually kind of confuses the metaphor because yeah. the sacrifice was made by the priests as a result of sin, right? To, yeah. to allow them to have access to the holy God. Yeah. We can't be sacrificed. There was no chance that we would be sacrificed. It's Jesus that needs to be sacrificed because he's the perfect sacrifice. He's the only one. Right. And so when we talk about this idea of, well, Jesus had to be sacrificed on our behalf, we're actually moving into this justification or legal language right. where we talk about Jesus taking our place, taking on our guilt, which is absolutely true. But if you want to talk about Jesus taking on our guilt, you may not want to use the word sacrifice. Hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yep. So this is where sometimes we can get a little less precise, and then it becomes a bit confusing. Um, so that's why I tried to trace these through each individually so that we can you know, kind of follow that up. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's worth saying, you just said this earlier, um, but I'm going to say it again. So all of this is because the good news is good news. Right. All of this flows out of a place of compassion. And it's, I find it easy once, once we kind of enter into this world of like big metaphors and fun theological language and propitiation, all that. Those, right. it, it's easy for me to kind of forget the goodness of the good news and get into like the technical details and right. the like fun philosophical theological connections, which are important and they're good. Yeah. But I think it's so important for all of us to remember that the good news is good news. It's right. really good news in our lives. Yeah. Um, and it's good news in our neighbors' lives and our coworkers' lives. Right. And and if we don't feel that, like this language should be a door to help uh, get us to the point where we better understand the good news for ourselves and for others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's go there. So I think, I think, cause I think it's really important for us to recognize that, that, um, conversations often coming out of relationship are the most helpful. Yeah. Uh, so building relationships with people, taking time to love them for who they are, just to get to know them as people for no other reason just than just to get to know them mm-hmm. is step one. Yeah. And I don't want to rush over that. I think it's really important for us to, to speak out of relationship. But I also mm. think it's sometimes, um, I, think, I think it's important for us to speak and yeah. to actually talk about how Jesus makes a difference in their lives. And so... When someone comes up with a situation that's going on in their life, let's say they're really struggling with self-worth or something like that, and they're just, they're, you know, they're having a hard time at work because they have no confidence and they just keep kind of falling down and, you know, whatever. Right. If we talk about our faith as, well, because Jesus, you know, because of my faith, um, you know, I feel better about myself or I feel stronger or this makes me feel good or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're sort of becoming kind of like this, this sort of self-help conversation that might be helpful. It might not, but unless we actually point the whole thing to Jesus, you know, we're missing an opportunity to share how Jesus actually makes a difference in this case. And so I think that 
you know, understanding how to have these conversations is really helpful when we see people because you and I both know we're having conversations with people a lot Mm -hmm. um, these days where there is pain and hurt and all kinds of hard things. And so that's, that's something that I think we need to be uh, really intentional about as we listen. Yeah. And and let me, so let me ask kind of a question that's come to mind. Um, I think often when I think about evangelism, I think sharing my faith to someone who has no context or no real understanding. And increasingly we're in a kind of post-Christian post-church world. So there's lots of my neighbors don't have, don't have a ton of concept. Um, But I also have lots of people in my circles who, have uh, deconstructed their faith, who have walked away from their faith, who actually know these metaphors and they know right. this language and they, they kind of know the Jesus story and they have chosen to not embrace it the way that I have. Yeah. Um, does that change, if we're talking about language, if we're talking about communication, does that change how we approach these? Are these still helpful in the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I think they are definitely helpful in the same way. But mm. But I think what you're touching on is really important because I think as... Like we have in our mind this category of people who we can share our faith with yeah. safely, and I'm going to use the word effectively, but I think that's a I think that's a terrible word. I think mm. what we should be thinking is sharing our our faith in a helpful way. Right. That that's why we need to learn it and understand it. It's not about being effective. It's just about about sharing it in a way that people understand. Yeah. But here's here's what I'm trying to get at is that we have this like we we have this this picture and maybe I you know paint it for you is probably someone who's kind of like us who has some kind of a christian background yeah. who is seeking and asking questions about spirituality and we think to ourselves okay that's someone that I would feel comfortable having a conversation with right put me in the room with an ex christian who is completely burnt out and and frustrated because you know of, of their own faith put me in the room with a muslim or a hindu or someone who is, uh, you know, completely against Christianity, and it's a different story. And yeah. we don't even have in our minds a framework for having a conversation with those people. Yeah. For us, it's like, okay, I want to learn to share my faith so I can share it with person A, you know, that type. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm suggesting is that we need to have our eyes open to all people who are around us, mm-hmm. because everybody needs to hear this good news. And and I think that becoming confident and... and um, uh, you know, understanding the different ways the Bible talks about salvation, talks about Jesus, talks about this good news, I think can actually help us uh, clarify things for people from any background, no mm. matter where they come from. And yeah. and I think that's, you know, something that, listen, I you know, if you're listening to this and you're in one of those places where it's like, yeah, you know what? I honestly, I have a type when it comes to the person that I want to share faith with. Sure. And I think that we need to acknowledge that. Uh, call it out in ourselves mm-hmm. and say, God, if you want me to share w- about Jesus to someone who I would least expect <laughs> to have that conversation with, you know, let me know. Yeah. Right. So it's funny, you know, I've had, I, I've had a, I recently, I got a text from someone uh, who was uh, someone that I've, you know, gotten to know who knows what I do and, you know, had some things going on in his life and just said, Hey, can you send me uh, some verses about dealing with anger? And, mm-hmm. and I said, I thought, well, that's an interesting thought. So I said, you know, the Bible says it, to deal with anger, what you need to do is call a buddy up and go out for coffee. <laughs> and that was my response. Yeah. And yeah. so we're trying to get together and, and yeah. talk about it. But I think sometimes the questions that people are asking are not necessarily the questions that need to be answered. I think sure. there are bigger things going on. And so sometimes, you know, you may come across someone who's very aggressive or frustrated or angry and you think, ooh, I can't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But 
either the good news is actually good news or it's not. And yeah. if it's really good news, then you can talk about it at any time. Yeah. And I mean, you can, there are obnoxious ways to present the good news, right? Sure. And we're, we're trying to avoid that, of course, but you're right. If we're always so scared that this isn't the right moment, or maybe, maybe this won't be received well. I mean, yeah. Are we actually sharing the good news and do we really believe it? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the flip side to what you're sort of talking about is that often for some people, we, mm. we share with people with words, mm -hmm. but we do it so often outside of the context of relationships that it actually becomes a bit of a, a crutch for us too, where we say, and I said this on Sunday, right? I'm just going to share it with, you know, with you and, and what you do with it's not my problem. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and it's like, I got to share the truth and, and, you know, if you don't respond well, that's not my problem. That's your, you know, that's your problem. That's but I would you. say, yeah. nah, it's, it's your problem. But like, if yeah, I'm talking about you as the person sharing your faith, yeah. if you're sharing it in a way that someone is, you know, not understand, not listening or just completely rejecting, mm -hmm. um, that is on you. Uh, because I think that we have to take the time to do the hard work of getting to know people and listening to where they're coming from. If mm -hmm. we want to share our faith well. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, which is, which is a lot of, uh, a lot of work. So these these uh, three categories this week, and we're doing three more next week, right. and, and kind of continuing to push in. I mean, wh when uh, when are we getting to the point where we're going to talk about how do you, how do we use these? How do we really right. practically like? Is that that's coming down the road? That's a series? good question. Yes, it is coming down the road. So what I want us to do is take these messages and have each of them build on each other. Okay. So I started with this idea of what stops you. What are the obstacles? Yeah. And I hope that along the line, if you can go back in your notes and look at those three things, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we feel ashamed or whether we feel afraid or whether we feel unprepared. Yep. And you may want to circle one of those and do a little bit of work um, in your own life to say, okay, God, why is it that I'm afraid to share my faith? Um, help me understand your presence and the power that's there and all those yeah. good things. Um, then this week and next week, we're going to talk about these six things mm -hmm. and it's language that we use to talk about the gospel. And in the midst of this, I hope that we're sort of reminding people, we're doing two things. We're reminding people how good the good news really is, how powerful it can be to actually intersect with our stories. Yeah. And then the second thing is um, I want to help us use language so that we can be clear and be most helpful when mm. we're sharing good news with other people. Yeah. As we go away from here, I want, we're going to talk about the idea of uh, what is spiritual formation? How does spiritual formation play into uh, sharing your faith? We're going to talk about how do we increase our circles, the people that we come in contact with? Mm -hmm. How do we engage with more people um, so that we can share our faith more helpfully? And then last, um, uh, we're going to spend some time just kind of unpacking, you know, what about our story? Um, mm. You know, how does my story connect with the story of God? Yeah. So all of that, um, I think, will be helpful for us. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're getting there. So, so in these, um, these categories that we talked about this week, um, okay. And it was propitiation, propitiation. justification, and reconciliation, but you oh, know, man. those categories, maybe the theological terms. Yeah. Uh, we talked about them in terms of, uh, temple language, legal language and family language. So something a little bit more easy to understand. Do you, uh, as you think about those, um, <laughs> and as you think about our church and where we're at culturally, um, is there, is there one that you'd say we need to, to focus in on a little bit more? Is there one that we need to, like, I, I think we hold all of these things kind of in balance and we're always kind of adjusting them. But I also think we're, we find ourselves in cultural moments where some things speak better than yeah. others. Are there, are there ones in this that you think we need to uh, become more aware of in this cultural moment? Yeah. So I think that there are, um, so I'm actually going to talk about this in three categories. Okay. okay? The first category 
is um, there are ones that speak better to people's specific situations than yep. others. Yeah. So, and we talked about this this week. There are certain things that, you know, if you hear someone talking about this, this is a good way to talk about, you know, Jesus. Yeah. So there's, there's other people's story. The second category, I think, is our own story. And with our own story, the whole idea is, you know, what is the one that most clearly re- uh, resonates with you? Mm-hmm. And I think this is really important. So what, which, which one, um, you know, kind of jumps out at you is the one that sort of like really stirs your own heart up. And that's the one that you should be also focusing on so that you can refine how God's story connects with your story if you want yeah. to be able to share that more effectively or more yeah. helpfully. The third thing, the third area is culture. And I think you're getting at something that's really helpful is that often in our context, uh, there are some general needs that are um, more significant than others. And I think, you know, for us here in North America, the um, the absence of love uh, can often be one that we can, you know, hone in on. And so yep. we talked about this idea of reconciliation about God as father. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be very helpful for some people uh, to see how they belong and how they fit in. Um, I think in our culture, uh, probably having a conversation about the sacrificial system may be a little bit uh, a bridge too far. Perhaps yep. that's something that you want to talk about as people come mm-hmm. you know, into the faith and start to try to see how everything all fits together. Okay. Um, but those are some things I would say. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really helpful there. Um, so we, we, uh, we have these categories, and you've, you've given us some language. Um, and you've kind of scratched the surface of these. If if we want to dig deeper, I mean, let's let's take that the family, the God is Father one. If we want to dig a little bit deeper, how do we do that? Where do we turn next? What would you recommend for someone to kind of better equip themselves to be able to use this language? Well, a simple way would be to um, you know sit down with a concordance or yeah, just use a an well, online tool. Let's use that. What's a concordance, Paul? <laughs> yeah. So that's a good question. A concordance um, is probably something that you don't have, um, but a concordance would be a big old book yep. that um, would uh, would take words in the Bible and sort of categorize them and put them in in uh, almost like a dictionary. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for a specific word, you can find all the places that it's used, right? right? So that's why when you see pastors say, you know, this word is used 32 times in scripture, and you're yeah. like, wow, that guy went through and counted every one? No, no. he used his concordance. And yeah, or you went to BibleGateway.com yeah. and put the word in, and you That's got right. 264 results. So right? let's 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 not use a concordance, because probably you don't have one in your house, but you could use uh, any kind of internet tool. And I, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm just sort of joking through here, but I do think that the family language, understanding God as father, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can look that in, in terms of, um, you know, becoming part of God's family and just kind of look at the different verses that come up and start reading through context and start getting the bigger picture. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you kind of do some, do some searching around and I mean, I guess it requires us to spend some time with our Bibles, right? Um, which is not, not a bad thing. And there are certainly other tools around, uh, around the Bible, lots of lots of great authors who have written things, um, lots of Bible studies and lots of books that kind of unpack some of these ideas. I mean, you referenced Tim Keller a bit this week. Um, there's others there who you, you could turn to, to, to kind of yeah. better equip yourself to, um, to have this language. What, what would you say to someone who's like, yeah, okay, Paul, like, I, you know what? I've, I've been around the church for a while. I get this. I kind of get where you're going. I don't think I really need to like dig in to any more of this language. I've, I got a decent grasp on it. Yeah. Well, what's coming next, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, 
first I would actually, you know, challenge people to be good listeners and to, yeah. and the next step when you know something, um, that's, you know, helpful in itself, Yeah. but knowing something is only part of the story about applying it is the most important thing. Right. Yeah. So who, uh, oh man, I'm going to say this quote wrong, but it was like, someone told me, um, the whole idea of like, you know, knowing that, um, it was a difference between knowing, uh, knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. Knowing that, that, uh, tomatoes are a fruit is knowledge, but like wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad or right. something like yeah. that was the whole, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like applied knowledge is, is what's most important. So right. the question that we have here is, um, you know, how do we apply this? So I would say that probably the number one thing that we need to do is, is figure out a way to listen well to people. And when we start hearing people talk about injustice and talking about, you know, um, you know, times that they've been hurt in some way or whatever, uh, forgiveness, then we can say, hey, let's talk about this from the perspective of justification. Yeah. You know, if we hear people talking to us about, um, you know, feeling like they don't belong, feeling like they're not good enough, feel like mm. they, you know, they're not part of, you know, anything, they're on the outside, they're lonely, and we can start talking about, you know, love and, and this reconciliation as a, as a way to, to share God's story. Yeah. So really, to me, it's about listening to people, hearing where they're at so that we can share in a helpful way. Yeah, I love that. And that's a great, I think that's a great application for this week. As we're thinking about these things, um, what does it look like for us to listen well to the people around us and to say, how, how do I care for you? How do I... Yeah. How do I, what would be good news? Yeah. And, and how and does I, the gospel of Jesus meet that? I'm going to give you a real practical thing to do here. And we're going to, we're going to kind of stop this because we're going to need to move on and, and yeah. talk about some new ones. Um, and, but there's, there's so much here. We're just scratching the surface, but I would even go as far as to say, if you think about these in terms of God's faithfulness, when it comes to the temple language, God's grace, when it comes to the legal language mm. and God's love, when it comes to the reconciliation and family language. And what I would actually say is take a moment and just write out some of your friends' names on a piece of paper, hmm. write them down, and then beside them, you know, write out the the characteristic of God that would be most helpful for them to understand. Right. And say, you know, for, for my friend, John, it's about love. You know, for my friend, uh, you know, whatever, it's about grace. Yeah. And that can be a place to start to pray. And start praying for your friends with those, with those, with that kind of language, recognizing that God is the answer, right? And and Jesus uh, provides this hope. So, um, I would just say, you know, spend some time thinking about the people around you and identifying how God's story might be most helpful in affecting their own story. That's great. And we are completely out of time for this week, Paul. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with uh, with part two of this and dig in some more of these metaphors and the way we use this language. Uh, right. I'm really excited to see where we go with this series. So thank you, Paul. And thank you, everyone, for listening along. We'll be back next week with more Postscript. Postscript.